welcome to The Art Of, exploring what art is and is not. I am your host, The Painted Fool, and this podcast is sponsored by Anchor, your one-stop shop for creating your podcast all within the app, free. You can go to anchor.fm or download the app, and within, you'll have options to edit and create your podcast. You're also being distributed to multiple podcast platforms and even be offered the opportunity uh, to monetize by obtaining sponsorships. And so go on, give it a shot. It's 100% free. Aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable. That is the man behind sacred branding. Life purpose expert, and brand strategist, Mike Iamelli and I sat at the virtual table in a virtual house and made fireworks. Thus, the ceiling and the walls were burned away. (laughs) Now, two people called me a firecracker within the last seven days, and I couldn't help but use that term to illustrate the conversation between me and Mike. When I meet people that match this level of excitement, my socks fly straight off of my feet across to the other room and I'm not even joking (laughs) and then I learned a couple seconds before that he's a Sagittarius and I told you I love Sag's energy just this the hyper jovialness I love that I love learning too you know you know an interesting thing that he said was we are always all of ourselves so for you who thinks you're out here discovering yourself, you're not. You're just unifying parts of yourself. That makes you complete. And that, my lover muffins, is perfection. This is for so many of you out there. Just listen and connect the heart and the mind and become. The only doing in this thing called life, (laughs) is becoming. And the rest just happens naturally. He's a real one, too. You know, I struggled with the title of this episode. I wasn't sure if I was going to call it the art of exploration, the art of connecting, the art of return, (laughs) the art of self-discovery. And I was at an impasse. So I went with the art of unification. I found it more apt. You know, there's a dance that we make in this this thing. The most beautiful moment in this dance is the halting, interrupting thought that the dance in itself isn't just the body, but what's surrounding it, space. We focus on the subject and ignore the background, forgetting that the background frames the subject. Just like the negative space frames the art, as space frames the dancer, space wraps its arms of the iron worker, and I think we should be grateful for that. The signals, the clues, and the apparitions left in this empty space is important. They're evidence. Your feelings are just as important as the need for knowledge. There's signals and clues towards your life purpose. Your life purpose speaks through to you in many ways, especially your feelings. Rather than focus on a destination, consider the space in between. Your journey. Your life is always in purpose on purpose. So as long as you're here, dancing with what you can't see, you're you're in your purpose. Learn how to map your sensitivities to assist you in discovering your life's purpose. Go to mikeiamelli.com. That is spelled Mike, I-A-M like Mary, E-L-E.com. And he's also on Instagram under the same name. He added a song to the Pain of Fools 2020 playlist available on Spotify. And that song is by Sia, Angel by the Wings. And that's a song he dedicated to his sister. So, Lover Muffins, and sit back, relax, and enjoy an amazing conversation between Mike and myself. Peace.
So, who is Mike Iamelli? Oh, that's a question, right? Um, you know, uh, a lot of things. Well, I'll start by saying that I'm aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable. And I say that because we're probably going to talk about this a bit. Um, those are kind of uh, themes that I've been exploring my whole life. So they're gifts that I give without even trying. They hold some of my deepest trauma and wounds. Um, every time I've been successful, I've been aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, and vulnerable. Every time I've been unsuccessful, I've been the opposite of those things. We're going to see pretty quickly in this interview, I get excited. I can't shut up. I'm pretty zany and, you know, all <laughs> over the place. Um, you know, but I really like to be vulnerable and have really deep conversations. And these are things I can't help but express. And we're talking about art here. You know, one thing I think about is that art is just the transmission of essence, right? I mean, mm. if you see behind me, I've got this painting behind me. It's yes. more than just paint on the canvas, right? Like, yeah, mm. those are the materials, but it's using those materials to elevate, to share an essence. When I look at that, I feel something. I have a visceral mm -hmm. response to it. And that's life, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. a relationship. That's a friendship. That's a job. Like in all those cases, I'm not just doing a job just to do a job. I want to feel something. I want to experience something. I want to make people feel something and share. And what I want to make you feel today is aligned and zany and free and unmistakable and successful and vulnerable. And so I really see it as I'm the artist of my life. And mm. the way I dress has got to make me feel those things and express them. My relationship has got to do it. The way I have sex, the way mm -hmm. I you know, do my job, the way I like yeah. every aspect of my life is just me expressing the art of who I am. Mm. Awesome. Good. So <laughs> you, you're, you've already, you've already expressed. So you're not, you're not one of those. And I can't wait to kind of like get into, like get into what got you there yeah. or to how it was to how you are the way you are now. Um, but yeah, you have, I've been recently kind of talking about um, not being as cerebral in, in life, it's especially for those who have that mission of, of helping others to see, their, to see themselves. Um, it's, it's, we find, a lot of us, we find that sometimes we enter like these different phases of our lives, like when we're trying to figure things out, we're thinking so much, and then we just end up going back to the core of who we are, which are the feelers, and like, we 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 um we explore our emotions. We do all those things that deal with emotions and feelings. And um yeah, this is this seems like this is the area that you're <laughs> in. It's like you're you're in that because I I read a little bit about your your background and how like you were like trying to like figure things out and this didn't work and that didn't work. You're like no, it's just this is this is me and that's where you stepped into like that that whole space. So I want to explore. Um, yeah. So. Who was Mike Iamelli before the Mike Iamelli now? And so, what is the journey? So here's the thing. I, I'm going to talk about my whole journey in a moment. But the thing is, we are always all of ourselves, right? Like since I was born, mm -hmm. I was sensitive to some things, right? You know, some kids are sensitive to freedom and they always feel trapped and they're looking for opportunities to feel free. And they always do best when they're free. Some kids are sensitive to creativity and they're really creative and they hate being stunted, right? Mm -hmm. And so... That's always there. That's always who I was. But I was in different containers. I was in some containers that could really hold that. And I would just be like, boom, go. And I'm, you know, doing awesome. And I'm in some containers that really like stunt it and suppress it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say that I've always been that aligned, zany, free guy. But I would have been in a lot of containers that couldn't hold that. And the thing I always say huh. is like, listen, like I'm you can see here, I'm always drinking a big mason jar of water. And I drink out of this giant mason jar because I'm really lazy, quite frankly. And I like to drink water. I don't like filling it up all day. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, the thing is, if I went to a friend's house and uh, I asked for a, a mug, a cup, plastic, glass, whatever they've got for me, I would drink out of it because I want the water. That's the essence. It's not about the container. But mm -hmm. the container is going to dictate how much of it I get. If I've got a big mason jar, I get to drink a whole bunch of that. And so if yeah. I've got a friendship, and we are just like having coffee and we're talking, hanging out and words are flowing and time is flying by and genius is spilling out of me. That's a good container for me, right? Because mm -hmm. all of my essence gets to show up. And then we've mm -hmm. all had the other ones, right? Those like super awkward conversations. We were like, wait, did I say the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. The kind of technical conversations. And I always say, if we're trying to be technical, 
We're on the level of the container. We have no idea what the essence is. The second that we're tapped into our essence, it just flows. Yep. And that's so, you know, we'll talk about my whole story and you'll see a lot of bad containers in my story. But um, but the bottom line is, I think this is like a big piece about life purpose that a lot of people feel shame for because they're always saying to me, you know, Mike, I'm off my purpose. One day I just got to find my purpose. This part of my life is wasted. And I think, well, if you were off your purpose, what was the point of being alive for 20, 30, 50, 80 years that you didn't? That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Nothing about your lived experience has been wasted. But you, you may have been learning about good or bad containers, but your essence has always been the same. And so mm -hmm. I've had the deepest, dark shadows of those. You know, people are like, Mike, I want your successful energy. Let me tell you about Mike's successful energy. <laughs> the extreme of failure is in that energy, right? Yeah. So it, we've, of course, you know, it's the exact opposites of these sensitivities. But everyone's got sensitivities. And our lived experience tells us the formula for success and fulfillment for us. We've seen mm -hmm. it in the lived experiences that have been successful. We've seen it in the ones that haven't. And we can actually map that. So that's what I do is I help people map their lived experiences and start to say, wait a minute, there are these sensitivities that come up again and again. And if I understand them, I can consciously build good containers. Because the thing is, if I've got boiling hot tea, I can say, all right, what am I gonna do with this? I can pour into glass, plastic, you know, I can have a mug with a handle. Maybe I choose plastic. The cup breaks down and I burn myself, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I choose my mason jar with no handle. I burn myself again. When I know the essence, I get to choose the container that works for me. Ah, hmm. That's 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 good. That's good. Um, that's good right there. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't answer your question, but uh, no, so. no. But even still, like <laughs> you're still you're still providing more. You're still providing more of who you are. That that doesn't that doesn't mean anything, of course. Well, and and, um, and, and that's the thing I think. Like we. It's when I feel somebody's essence, whether it's through their art, whether it's through talking to them, I know way more about them than if they tell me technical things, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the container level is only interesting because of the essence. But when we can feel someone's heart, when we know them without a doubt, who gives a shit like if we know the technical aspects? Yes. I always say with me, you might not know things about me, but it shouldn't surprise you. You're like, oh, so you were like helping the sex worker do a book launch? Yeah, that kind of makes sense for you. I could totally see that. Like, <laughs> it's not surprising because it's part yeah. of my essence. It's who it's I am. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of times that's what we want. That's what intimacy is. That's what connection is. Um, but having said all that, I will tell you my story if you want to hear of some course. bad containers there. So, you know, I um, early on in life, I had an op some opportunities to be pretty successful. And I didn't know at the time I was tapping into some essence. Um, but I ended up um, at 22 years old, 22 years old, own, owning a PR agency. So mm -hmm. I worked with some um, I worked with some big wigs in the industry. I did um, healthcare reform mostly and healthcare technology. And I woke up one day, 24, and I was vomiting blood. Mm -hmm. And that didn't stop for about two months. And um, it was scary. You know, I worked in healthcare. I was now this patient. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and while I was going through this from doctor to doctor to figure out what was wrong with me, my roommate at the time was a friend of mine who mm -hmm. was taking care of me. Mm -hmm. And I had never, you know, consciously been interested in the man at that point. Um, to my knowledge, he hadn't either. And um, as he was taking care of me, I started to feel something. And it wasn't sexual, but it was like, this feels more than friendship, but I don't know how mm -hmm. to express this or describe this. And I think if I weren't uh, scared I was going to die, I probably wouldn't have done anything with it. But I kind of spoke up to him. I said, listen, this is weird. And, you know, I don't know how you'll react, but like I feel something. And that process, that started an entire process that took years. But we've now been together eight and a half, almost nine years. And we're married mm -hmm. and um, that's going on. And at the yeah. same time, I went on a healing journey. And I kind of went down the, I say, the alternative uh, healing rabbit hole. I got spit out in spirituality. And <laughs> I was working with a Reiki practitioner at the time, trying to just heal. And, you know, not every day I went to something different. And right. she said to me, she did a reading for me. And she said, this is a shamanic healing crisis. And the only way you're going to get better is if you change your life. And everything okay. is going to change. So I'm sitting there. I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm into this right now. But OK, OK, I, I hear you. So I bought some books, I did some reading, and that led me on a journey that I ended up um, leaving my job at the end of that year. Not any intention or plan, 
a whole series of situations came up. I left my job. I now had uh, no plan, <laughs> no ways to make money. I, I owned the company, so I sold shares, but so I had a little bit of money. And I went on this journey of, you know, I was, I went to herbalism school and nutrition school. I was a health coach to the uh, tech entrepreneurs of Boston because I knew all of them from my work. And that didn't feel good. And I wasn't making a lot of money. So then I started a blog and it kind of, you know, uh, took off a little bit. So I got a book deal. Someone offered me a book deal. And I have to be totally honest with you. And I'm going to get in trouble saying this. Uh, I hated it. Right. Like, I, <laughs> like it was just not like it was a hard process. It was really challenging. I didn't feel supported. Um, you know, the uh, my book's great. So buy it. The, uh, Publishers are not <laughs> slamming on the book here, but you know, it was a hard process and that I didn't uh, go forward with. And I thought, you know what? I'm lazy. I'm stupid. I'm spoiled. I'm never going to figure out my purpose. Something's wrong with me. Um, I'm just going to have to go with my tail between my legs back to my old company. And I thought, okay, let me like really sit with this and do this because I've had six months of working. I'm running out of money now. Let me, and I've read every life purpose book. I have done every life purpose webinar you can imagine. Like it was not for lack of trying. And I thought, all right, I'm going to look at what are my skills? What does the world need? Let me circle that middle ground and find it. And at this point, I'm still exploring my relationship. It was secret from our families because we didn't even know if it was real. My life was a shit show at this point. But I, um, you know, I decided, oh, my God, it makes sense. I meant to create a blogging course. And it's going to be the best damn blogging course you've ever heard. It's going to be about finding your voice. It's going to be spiritual. It's going to take my whole journey with me. And so I created this. And, you know, because most of the stuff out there says you got to go pro, I put everything into this blogging course. Yeah. Like I had, you know, the nice microphone, which I'm using right now, and the lighting <laughs> kit and, the you know, the a business partner and Facebook ads and a web designer and you name it. Like I put all of my money into this thing, the last of my money. Cause I thought this is it. I got to do this. And I put it out to the world and five people bought it. It was a huge loss of money and I had nothing left. And I thought I'm done. Like I put it out to the universe. I told you universe that I was putting out. I thought I found my purpose. Finally, I've tried so long and nothing. And I've taken risks and I've explored love and I left my job and like you were supposed to show up for me and you didn't. Mm. And so I thought, all right, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to quit and I'm going to host a failure celebration. So my failure celebration, just to flip the script, was I went into a Facebook group I was a part of and I said I would offer them um, six branding sessions that I used to do in PR. I, I mm -hmm. kind of came up with a way of branding to help CEOs pretty easily. I'll give these sessions away because I'm not successful but maybe you can be successful. And I jumped in there and it was like back to back to back. I mean, I had to stop sessions to pee. Like I was just like, <laughs> I was like I'm, I'm giving it all because I'm quitting tomorrow. I'm going to go beg my partners to take me back. I've got nothing <laughs> left. So I, I, I do this and I'm used to working with, you know, healthcare people and politicians and tech people. And these weren't them. These were life coaches and psychics and artists and healers. And every single one of those six said to me, Mike, you didn't just tell me my brand. You told me my life purpose. Mm. And I was like, oh, wait a minute now. Okay, you're trying to tell me the one thing that I'm trying to give to myself, I've given you through branding. This doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So I went through and I did the same process I did with them for myself. I was exhausted, but I did it. And that's the first time I saw those words aligned, zany, free, unmistakable, successful, and vulnerable. That was now, what, six or seven years ago. A lot has changed since then. We've worked with hundreds of people with 100% success rate of helping them to know their purpose this way. And um, it completely revolutionized my life. Just overnight, they started telling their friends, people started hiring me, and I never ended up going back to that job. And here I am today. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you ended up searching for your purpose just to find that you were, in a way, um, being a catalyst for for others, and then you kind of just found end up walking into your own just by de just by default, just by being. Yeah, and realizing that like yeah. every time what I do, I mean, we just look at these words: align, zany, free. Right? I'll connect them. What I actually do is I help people to find their path of success by mm -hmm. aligning their vulnerabilities and their mm -hmm. zaniness and what makes them um, unmistakable. Like that's what I do. That's I map sensitivities. I map experiences. 
And it's all there. It's all in those answers. Why am I so, what is up with my relationship and why is it so successful? Because we were so vulnerable. We took one step forward, two steps back. You know, it took us years to explore how we wanted to be intimate. We were really honest with each other. That was success for me. Now I know anytime we're in a fight, which doesn't happen often, but it can happen. <laughs> I will say, you know what, Garrett? I need space to be vulnerable here. And I'll literally just call it out like that. Or I'll be like, mm. you know what? I feel like you're not under misunderstanding me. Like I want, I feel, don't feel you know, unmistakable. I want to have a conversation about that. And I'll use this work in a thousand different ways. I mean, I recently taught a class, discover your brand in bed for people to use mm. this work for sexual trauma and sexual liberation. Mm. I mean, it's crazy. We've had children use this work. We've had, you know, people use it for so many different things, so many different lived experiences things that you know are not my experience so I could never use it for but it's just mm. incredible to watch the way that this work has affected people because that's the cool thing I don't have to know the answers they know them I just have to guide them to what their life has already showed them yep <laughs> yeah you already know <laughs> you definitely know yes so okay so I'm going to ask a question um would you okay so and if you could box it up, well, no, I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> I'm not going to ask that question. I'm going to ask you another one. Sure. Would you then consider yourself a healer or would you just consider yourself a guide? You know, uh, to some extent, these words are arbitrary. I think that, mm. you know, I really, um, yeah, I'm definitely a healer. I mean, I'm definitely a guide. I'm definitely how you define those things. But I think mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm just like a human being and a person who yeah. uh, explores these energies. And my gift, what my energy is telling me is I'm really good at connecting dots for people. That's mm -hmm. my gift to the world. And so I really uh, see myself as just a dot connector. And the cool thing is, this is the cool thing. I don't know if you have this experience, Justin, but mm -hmm. I, for so long, felt really kind of awkward with my personal friends when they would look at my work or how I talked about it. Because I was like... You know, I'm like trying to be all professional and like package it up in the right way. But like, is that yeah. what my friends would say about me? You know, and I yeah. felt like a little <laughs> bit weird or inauthentic. And, you know, one day I remember saying like, I, you know, help people map their experiences. I connect dots between their lived experiences. And one of my friends is like, oh yeah, you always connect dots when we're talking. That makes sense. And I was like, there it is. Like I've yep. got, it. if my <laughs> friends like see me the same way I talk and work, then I know I'm actually being authentic. Mm -hmm. And I love, like, the greatest compliment I've ever gotten is when a personal friend, I sent out a mass email, you know, just my email list, and a personal friend texted me, like, oh, my God, I'm so busy. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to respond to your email. And I was like, yeah. you know it was a mass email, but you're still, like, <laughs> acting like, you know. And I think that's really cool for me is realizing, like, that's what vulnerable means to me, right? To just, mm -hmm. like, be like myself in every situation where even if we just met, like, we seem like we know each other. We can feel each other's essence. and um. So yeah, I think for me, like healer, you know, I love the energy of healer, except when people use it as like, um, you have to heal me and I can't heal myself. And that's where it gets problematic, <laughs> right? And so yeah. I don't know if that's where your question was going, but if that's the case, like certainly I don't consider myself that kind of healer. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's about helping people tap into their own subjectivity, their own divinity, their own, you know, knowing whatever we want, their own healing ability, whatever we want to call it. Mm -hmm. like. We're all brilliant and we all have a bunch of conditioning and a bunch of toxicity that suppresses that brilliance. Mm -hmm. And so my job is just to figure out who people actually are and then they can use that as an anchor to start deconditioning themselves. And there's a lot of uh, harmful conditioning we've all been raised in and we've all been mm -hmm. taught. And it, so, you know, for me, it's really important that I have a tool to do that deconditioning work with. Yes. So. Okay, so I, it was a bit of a social experiment. It was kind of like a trick question. Okay. <laughs> I like I like to do. Those I had a little sometimes. bit of a feeling. I like the I like to play those kind of games sometimes. It's because yeah, it's that fool energy, right? Yes. <laughs> what what I was just exploring. Um, there was an episode that I just released. I think a couple either yesterday or the day before. Um, it was titled "Empath or Narcissist," and in that it was exploring. Um, the work of people who genuinely, well, more so empathic leaders, um, you know, it, it ties into to, to sensitive leaders and it ties into it ties into into who you are, into, into people like like ourselves and what we do. And um, one of the things that I, I said that the difference between the two are between the leaders and those who are um, 
that are addressed or presenting as such is that they function as people who point you to your own divinity and that's it. They don't uh, establish like a master-slave relationship. There is no um, uh, superior, inferior type of thing. It's just literally pointing the finger. Yeah. And just everything that you said, it's, <laughs> it's living proof. Um, the dot connector is is someone who points the finger and says, "Hey, this is this is this, and this is that, and this is you know this is what we do, and this is how you get to your own and make your own life and understand the power or the authority that you have over your own life and your decision making and all that good stuff." So, um, yeah, this is a real one here. You're you're <laughs> definitely a real one. You know, you already know. Um, you know because it's 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 tricky. It's very tricky. You know when you when we are exploring these spaces. A lot of us, um, like I use myself as an example. So I've come from, like I've come from like, it, it, for, for my kind of like, I wouldn't say self-discovery, but just my awareness of like my own light or my own, just who I am, came from first, like not having a great sense of, not even not having a great sense of identity. And that was through my relationships and kind of like thinking, you know, kind of attracting the wrong types of, and I don't mean just intimate relationships. I mean, just like all relationships. It kind of was like me bumping my head in the dark a couple times until I was able to kind of like, through some guidance with some elders and through people who were willing to teach me that um, there are some things that I needed to let go of. And in doing so, I was like, okay, with all of this, this baggage and all the stuff that I've let go, it's like, what's left? Okay, I don't, I don't really know. And then I was kind of comparing myself to others and doing that whole thing that sometimes we do. We do the comparison mm -hmm. thing, you know, and then that kind of adds like this, it adds more baggage. So I was willing to let go some baggage just to create more for, of myself through, through comparison. And then the, the baggage got too heavy and I got exhausted because... It's annoying comparing yourself to everybody else. It's like, yo, <laughs> I can't do this all the time. So I just one day was like, I'm tired of it. Like I, I kind of get through things just being tired of it. <laughs> like I just get tired of it. And I'm just like, nah, this is, I'm tired of trying to, um, I'm trying to like fit into someone else's definition. And, and the funny thing is, not many people had many definitions of me. These were ideas that I had. Yeah. People were thinking of me that weren't even the case. Yeah. So it was it was like a big trick. It was like a big like, oh, this isn't even what I thought it was. And I was kind of able to comfortably set into my own life and just set into like, oh, this is who I was to begin with. I kind of lost that person, yeah. like who I was as a child. Kind of came back into full focus again, like in my 30s. <laughs> I'm 32 yeah. now, but it was like, oh, wow, this is what it feels like to be me again, huh? That's kind of what it was like. But with more awareness, you know, yeah. of how to kind of direct my emotions and all the stuff that I sifted through in that journey, like, and I learned how to manage my life and how to manage certain things. But, oh my gosh, yeah, you everything you you said you articulated and streamlined it like so well, like for me to understand, like yes, yeah, um, I get it, one hundred percent. Like yeah. what you're saying, I get one hundred one million percent. Um, yeah. I've been there in a different way, you know. One thing that you just said that I just, if you don't mind me commenting on, is you said, um, you know, you, through this process of self-discovery, kind of rediscovered the person that you were as a child. And I think this is a really important distinction for me. Um, a lot of times when we talk about life purpose and we talk about, like, finding your purpose or whatever, people will talk about it very content-based. They'll be like, mm. oh, like, um, my life purpose is to be a life coach. My life purpose is to write a book. My life purpose is to be an artist. And this is all, like, content. And th that tells me two things. One, if you can accomplish it, that means you can fail it. You can't fail yeah. your life purpose. That doesn't make sense. Can't. Two, it means that um, did you not have a purpose as a baby? That doesn't make sense either, right? Like you have, right. and also, don't you have a purpose outside of work? Like, what about your relationship? What about your friendship? What about your self-esteem or trauma or whatever? And I think that's really important. What you said that you're rediscovering who you were because. This is why I use the word sensitivities. We've always had sensitivities. We've all yes. been sensitive to some things, not others. Even when we were born, even before any conditioning we had in the world, we had mm -hmm. sensitivities. That's who we inherently truly are. And so it's not that we ever like, kind of, like we had a lot of bad containers and we forgot the essence, that happens, but we never lost it. It's always been a part of us. And it's really important because, you know, I gotta tell you, like I, 
when I started doing this work, I think I was like 26 or 27 um, and, you know, fairly young. But even then I thought, well, I wasted 26 years. If I knew this, <laughs> I would have done so much more. Yeah. And I work with people now who are, you know, even 60, 70, 80 years old who've just discovered this work. And they'll say, oh, my God, I've wasted my entire life. And that's the thing. Nothing in our lived experience is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Like, mm -hmm. even if we spend our entire life studying the deepest, darkest shadows, that is important wisdom for this entire universe, right? Yep. We've always been exploring the lessons and we always have more to integrate. We will be doing it till the day we die. So yep. it's not, you know, I like to take the shame out of the conversation because I don't think people realize how much implicit shame there is in a lot of life purpose and like self-work conversations that we don't even realize is there. Mm. Like on some level, it sounds like it makes sense, but it mm -hmm. actually is just shaming us and really dichotomizing our life into the good moments and the bad moments, the praiseworthy yes. and the shameful. And I'm really all about bringing it back together and just being like, all of it matters. All of it is divine. You know, all of it is human. Yeah. Someone, um, I forget who it was, but someone calls that unification. That's essentially mm, what yeah. you're saying. It's just unification. It's like, it's not saying one is good and one, yeah, it's unifying. So it's like, <laughs> It's like, that's how you become, it's not that we were never whole, it's just that parts of us were just never brought together. It was like, yeah. you, know, that's, you know, that's, yeah. One, one thing that's helpful for me to think about is this idea of like light and shadow, because we talk about that a lot as a metaphor mm -hmm. in the spiritual world. But the thing about shadow is, is shadows can only form where light is shown partially, where it's shown in one place, but not another, right? Yes. And so it's not that the thing wasn't there. Like if I, you know, have a big mess in my room, but I keep the lights off, it's still there. I'm just mm -hmm. not looking at it. And so when we shine light upon something, all that happens is we're able to see it all. We're able to yeah. unify it all, right? We're not no longer dichotomizing it. And I think that that's, you know, the idea of light being only shown in one place, but not another is interesting for me because it also implies that it could go either way. It could be either I'm not seeing my own light or I'm not seeing my own shadow, right? Yeah. And we see that, I mean, you brought up narcissism. We see that a lot where we know that narcissism is associated with high degrees of shame, right? This is mm -hmm. often associated, but they may not, people may be wanting not to feel that shame or hide from it. And so it could be, you know, either you're not seeing one aspect, not seeing the other, but you're either way dichotomized. And I'm so much more interested in being whole. Like we're all just yep. human. And if we're at all in the shadows, that means we're gonna be hypocritical because we're basically gonna end up doing something that we say we're against, but really we're you know in a different context because <laughs> we need to be expressed, yeah. right? Our right. sensitivities need to be expressed. So if we've got them in the shadow, they're gonna find a subverted way to get expressed somewhere. And it's probably not gonna be helpful for the world. And so why not just turn, it's hard work, but it's the work that actually changes the world. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, and it's, and I say, I and I just, I literally just said this, that, uh, that what kind of, to kind of like, to kind of like give a visual, um, I was saying that um, in, the, in that, last, that last episode that it is the heart that burns that path for you. So a lot of people who don't, who may not know like their life, their path, their mission, all that kind of stuff. You know how many people, they used to say, follow your heart. And I used to be like, what is that? Like, what are you saying? Like, do you just mean follow your feelings? Like that doesn't sound like in my back then I'm like, it mm -hmm, just, mm -hmm. it just doesn't sound, it just sounds too like ambiguous. It just sounds, it sounds dysfunctional. It sounds too this like extra, extra cerebral yeah. activity going on. And then until I said to myself, well, I'm thinking too much about something I I just have to be like, I can't think this, like I, I can think obviously have intelligence and have emotional intelligence and all those different things, mm -hmm. but not become detached from, from emotions. He become detached from feeling and all those things. If I am a bit more sensitive than others, or if I'm way more, if I have a, a way more uh, empathy and all those different things, and I explore that, and I see that many others have the same exact thing or they have challenges that similar to what I have, then mm -hmm. I look at myself as, okay, I can explore my own, get through a lot of this rubbish or not rubbish, but just get a lot of through, get through a lot mm -hmm. of the challenges that I've dealt with and, and show others like, yo, you can do it too. Like mm -hmm. this is, this is what we're all here to do is help one another in that way. It's kind of like shining the light for someone else to shine it within themselves yeah. and, and kind of like keep that that thing to go and continue to go on. So I learned that with that, for me, it was like, 
all of what I love and all of what I do comes from here. So if I just turn my attention here now with, with my, with my age, with learning a whole lot more, um, my heart can be the brain now and I can just go and just do my thing. And, and yeah. just, that's it, you know, and everyone else do your thing. <laughs> that's how I, how I kind of like, how I kind of experienced it. It's one of those ty- type of things. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with me. You know, I think I, I love some of the language you were using because you were talking about how, you know, if you are sensitive or you're empathetic um, and you lean into that and you find people who are kind of on a similar path, um, I think that's why I talk about sensitivities because there are people who are aligned with us or have similar sensitivities. And as we go into that work and we show, like, I can tell you right now, some people might Oh, Mike sounds cool. Some people are like, I oh, is a hack. I'm out of here. And that's great, right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm I want people to know who I am from the get-go and make an empowered decision about me. Right. And some people might not, it's not gonna be a fit. And that's great. But some people it's a fit. And they might say, hey, he's got some interesting stuff to say. And what's so great about that is that's true of our friendships, our relationships, our you know, job, our whatever areas of our life. Um we have certain sensitivities, and that's why people resonate with us. And it's just doubling down on who we are. And I love that you make this distinction between that more cerebral intellectual part of ourselves and this more um, what I often call like visceral embodied emotive part of ourselves. Because, you know, one thing I always say, it's one of the easiest things when people begin to discover their sensitivities, I say they're your sensitivities. Remember that they're your you see, taste, touch, smell more in that area. And that means we need to work with those things. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. just our concept of them. It's where they look like in a life. I get what it means to be vulnerable, but what does it feel like to be in a moment and really be right. vulnerable? And so what I often will have people do, and it's a really easy exercise, is just close our eyes and let's say one of your words is vulnerable. You just say vulnerable, vulnerable, and start thinking of times where you're vulnerable and notice what your body does. Mm-hmm. Notice how your body reacts and then say the opposite. Let's say that the word for me is protected. I'll say protected, mm-hmm. protected, and notice what my body does. Now I've given my body a cue. So the next time I feel the tightening, I say, wait a minute, that's protected. No. Or next time I feel the expansive, I say, wait a minute, that's vulnerable. And the more we do this work, we're starting to give ourselves cues where the second I walk into a situation, it's a language for my intuition now, right? My Mm -hmm. stomach expands, my posture changes. I say, oh, that's successful. That's vulnerable. This is a yes. When, you know, I'm talking to Justin, I say, boom, boom, boom. Yep. This is a yes. This is a good interview for me. Someone Mm -hmm. else I say, no, no, I'm not getting the cues. That's a bad one. And we're yeah. learning how to trust ourselves again. Yeah, that that's interesting. And that in and what you just that's kind of like it's it's legitimately reprogramming the subconscious to have your body even react to that. That's that's increases just yeah, yeah. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is like did a whole bunch of other stuff in my head just thinking about <laughs> that visually. Like I got a whole image. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you do. The more you, yeah, yeah. And I, that's what I mean, you said. Um, go ahead. Sorry, go on. No, go on, please. No, you had um, you had mentioned something about about you know being protective and uh, that whole thing. And I'm and I brought up that whole concept of uh, the understanding of boundaries and walls. Mm. And it's it's just different. Like I don't know. It's like once you begin to explore your emotions, you explore all those things. You understand yourself to where. Uh, if you've gotten through a lot of those, if you reconciled so much of your of like of the traumas and all the the, mm-hmm. the issues that you you've dealt with, you you do away with the walls. The walls they aren't. You just you you can you can even tell with with others like okay you have a wall up I'll come back later or I understand you know well our relationship can't continue or whatever the case is or you whatever it is, but it's it's just great to be able. I know for me personally, it's great to know now. Uh, it's great to know now, like, to have boundaries isn't isn't harmful at all. I used mm-hmm. to internalize that. Mm-hmm. I used to internalize, mm-hmm. you know, saying no. I, I, we kind of like come through that position. Where a lot of us are sensitive, more sensitive than others, mm-hmm. tend to have a boundary issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's great to to have those boundaries and just to be super confident and secure in them because mm-hmm. of all of what you've learned. It's like. I don't know. It really helps you set your footing in your life. Yeah. That's all. That's all I can say. It, it helps with stability. You're just like, okay, I can walk confidently in in just me. I, I don't yeah. know. Like I can't say it, but no other way but just 
me and my path and, and my life and because I, I haven't had it for so long. So it's like to say that and, and to genuinely know like what it took, it's like to mm-hmm. get there. It's like, huh, yeah, this is this is my life. I can I can I can be confident in that now, you know. You know, so many things you said that are beautiful. Um, one thing I think about this idea of sensitivities is that we are more alive, right? We experience life through our senses. We see, touch, taste, smell, hear life. That's how we actually live it and know we're alive. The opposite of sensitive is numb. And many mm. of us have gone through periods of our life where we want to numb out, whether it's through yes. substances. I know that I've done that, whether it's through sex or porn, whether yeah. it's through TV. Whether, I mean, there are a million ways we can numb video games, right? Um, yeah. But um, being sensitive is where we feel things so deeply, right? And that's going to be really hard. We're going to feel trauma deeper. But we're also mm. going to feel happiness deeper. And what I think about sensitivity is when we're more sensitive to something, like we talked about that vulnerable or protected, we're also more sensitive to pick up on subtleties because we can kind of mm-hmm. see, kind of split hairs, right? And so if I, A, that's my genius because I can split hairs. So we're going to be more genius when we're more sensitive, but we're also going to know where we end and other people begin. And that's the beginning of boundaries for me, right? Yes. So if I <laughs> yep. if I know with certainty, like in this conversation, it's fluid, right? I feel your energy coming over here. I move there. Like I'm going to yeah. always be fluid. Whenever I hear somebody have hard lines, I always say that person doesn't trust themselves, their boundaries. Like if someone says like, I this is my rule and I will never cross this rule. And this is, you know, like I will never... Um, be even remotely friendly with a client or whatever it is. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But like those, it's very contextual. And if you know where you end and others begin, you can feel it and be very agile and nimble. And in the moment you can kind of say like, I don't feel safe. Let me put up a boundary here. Or, and it, it becomes, you know, people always ask me how to set good boundaries. And in my opinion, good boundaries always start with knowing yourself and where you end Mm -hmm. really well, because when that happens, it's an energetic issue way before it's words. Like if you know with clarity, you can say, oh, like, let's say I'm at a party, right? And I'm talking about my work and someone starts asking me a personal, you know, like something, a situation like for them. And I think, okay, here's what the container can kind of hold with just a friend. But if they're really asking for advice, I might say, you know what? Like, um, unfortunately, this situation, I just can't hold the safety I usually do. So why don't you book a call and get on my calendar? Uh... Very simple. Because what I'm saying is we've hit the walls of this container. I can feel it and you're needing more, this isn't the space for you. Let me put you into a different container. Or if somebody starts asking me for free work, let's say, and they're kind of talking about, say, I can start to feel and say, you know what, thank you, I really appreciate your interest in my work, but at at this point, I think it's time to do a call. It doesn't feel awkward or forceful because you can feel it. You can feel it's hit the edge of that container, you know where the edge is, and now you're ready to move on to another. And if that person reacts negatively, fine. The container dissolves, and they don't need to be a part of your life or a part mm-hmm. of your experience anymore. But it doesn't have to be so jagged. It can yes. be really um, easeful because all you're doing is speaking energetic truth. You're feeling mm-hmm. something, and you're just speaking your truth. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, um, I, it was a, a, a visual that came to me, and I have I had typed it in a meme but I had um, the visual that I had was boundaries as like a garden with a fence and walls are like prisons. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a tall prison wall. There's a huge, mm-hmm. huge difference between the two. You can adjust, you can adjust the fence of the garden. You can, you can change the whole shape of your garden if you want, you, whatever you want to do. But the walls are kind of like they're brick or they're whatever they are. And you have to, you have to manually tear them down. So it's a little yeah. different, but they are eligible to come down. They can still come down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's not all hope isn't lost, but sure. it was uh, it was an interesting kind of visual to, you know, just to, just to think about. But yeah, yeah. yeah you definitely. Yeah. Mr. I'm Ellie knows. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. So where can people find you? Um, on my website, if you can actually spell my last name, MikeIamele.com. It's uh, I-A-M-E-L-E. Um, and on there, we do have a free 36-minute training. So if you're kind of like, hey, this is cool, but what the heck am I? Uh, energies or sensitivities, uh, you can do that. And we actually have a worksheet and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, and so that will give you a sense where you can start doing this work for free. Um, we try to keep it pretty accessible. So yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it is helpful. I I watched it. I watched it. And I oh, got you did. Papers. Awesome. Yeah, I did. I'm just like, okay, this is this was something I've never seen before. So, I I highly encourage people to use it because 
for me, I, I have the paper in my bedroom. I would go run out and get it, but it's yeah, no worries. <laughs> but it's I think I think it was it's different. Like I don't I've never seen someone kind of use that terminology like mapping your sensitivities and using them, basically using them as as guides. They are signals. When you think mm-hmm. about it, pain mm-hmm. is a signal. Yeah. Um happiness is a signal. It comes yeah. from somewhere. So it's like, duh. Like that's how my mind was like, oh yeah. Well, you know. And that's what I always want my work to be for everybody is just kind of remembering. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. anything that's, tr- you know, as they say, truth is self-evident. Anything that's true is like, duh, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to spirituality and purpose, we're asked to believe something or asked to have dogma without much uh, critical thinking behind it. Yeah. And I really believe in my work that, you know, people are infinitely intelligent and that everything should be like, oh, that makes sense. Like if I put critical thinking behind this, yeah, that checks out. Um, and I think a lot of times we don't realize how much conditioning we've internalized where we're just kind of asked to believe something because we're told it. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily check out or make sense, you know, uh, up to rigorous critter, uh, critique. And mm-hmm. so I think that, um, yeah, so I'm glad that you have that reaction. That's often my reaction yeah. is like, like it doesn't make sense that you didn't have a purpose as a baby. Duh, that's yeah. true. And when we start thinking about that, it allows us to break down some of our toxic beliefs about purpose that actually keep us in the shame spiral. I can't tell you how many purpose talks that were much longer than 36 minutes I've been to, and they <laughs> promised I would know my purpose by the end. And I, it was one of two things. Either it was something super general, like your purpose is to love. And I was like, that's cool and great, and I agree. <laughs> but like, how does that help me with my business or heal from trauma or do anything in life, right? Like, great. Yeah. Or be super specific. It would be like, well, you're passionate about writing, so your purpose is to be a writer. And again, cool, but how does that help me in my relationship or with my trauma or anything else? So, you know, that's a great container for my purpose. I like to write. That's an art form I use. That's a container for my purpose. As I imagine, you have many art forms that you like, Justin, but the actual purpose is an essence. It's something that you want to feel and want to make people feel. And art is one way you can do it. A relationship is one way you can do it. In life, we tend to think that there are two big containers, right? There's a relationship container and there's a work container. And that's it. And so what happens? What happens when we get laid off from our job? or we get fired, or we retire, now we have to rediscover our purpose and we feel worthless. Yeah. What happens when we get divorced from a breakup? We have to rediscover our purpose. It doesn't make sense because we put all of our eggs in that one basket. The yeah. truth is when we know the essence, that's just another cup. All of our life is pouring water from one cup to another. Yeah. We don't have to worry about the cups. We have to know what the water is, and then it becomes a lot easier to find the cups that are right for us. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Yeah, there you have it. It kind of keeps you. It's all about yeah, yeah. It keeps you aligned. That's that's being um, that's being like aligned with your divinity in that sense. It's like you don't. You're not really searching for like. It's not that you're not searching. It's just that you have. It's that it goes back to the self awareness. It goes back to your self awareness. It goes down to. Um, it goes down to that. With that self awareness comes the confidence. So yeah. in the events of those relationships failing or those jobs falling through, it's like, okay, all right, what's next? I have right. lessons to learn in this. Okay, what's and next? you have the tools to know how to choose that container. Say, okay, I need something where I can be vulnerable and aligned and zany. And now it becomes more obvious. You know, I I, I would say it's true. It builds so much confidence. Like this class I taught about knowing your brand in bed. Uh, I always say like I am so confident with my sexuality now because. I know nobody can have sex like I can. If my husband, if we divorce, right, and he goes to meet someone else, and I think that person's beautiful and magical, um, it will never be like me. It can't be because I have an essence, right? Nobody else can have this interview like I can, right? You can have an amazing right. interview. I'm sure you do, but it will never be just like me. And the, the flip side of that is I'm very clear on what I am and what I'm not. And I think for a lot of my life, I tried to be something I wasn't or I tried to be good at everything because I felt like, well, that's how I get my worth. And now I realize it's enough. What I'm good at is enough. And I now can let other people shine and ask for their support and get help from others because that's their zone. It's not mine. I'm in my lane and my lane I'm very clear on and that I'm the best at. I'm the best at what I do because I'm very, very clear at it. So it creates a level of, I know people are listening and they're like, shut up, Mike, that, confidence and self-worth can't happen to me. I can promise you I did not have this. I mean, I had suicidal ideation. I was very depressed. I did not have this level of confidence 
but there is not one room I walk into now where I feel less than people not anymore. And it's a very, very shocking way of being, but seven years of doing this work, I pick up a little bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> you have people like, you're so different. Like what, like what happened? You were, I remember you were this, I have a couple friends of mine. They're like, I remember you were like this little shy kid, you know, just kind of like sketching on paper and stuff. And you were like really frail and kind of like you wore big clothes. Now they're like, who is this guy? <laughs> I'm like, I'm me. <laughs> and I, I love that you said this, that you were frail and wore big clothes, because I think I've also been a very uh, thin person my entire life, and I felt really shamed for it. And I felt really yeah. embarrassed about my body. I hated my body for so long. And yeah. this is interesting. And this is literally about a container that fits, right? Like we, you know, for so much of my life, I would buy what's like a size medium and put it on and be like, my body's wrong. Rather than saying my body's right, let me find yes. what fits me. And that's essence. When we say my essence is right, we're just finding containers that fit us. And I got one more thing I have to say about this body thing, because it's it's uh, resonant for me, is that I did not love my body. So I thought, well, I've got to love my body. What am I going to do? Well, I use my energies. What's vulnerable and zany and aligned and free? Dancing naked in front of the mirror. And so every single day for a year before I got in the shower, I danced naked in front of the mirror and looked at my body. And now I think I am fucking hot. So like <laughs> I do not feel insecure of my body. And that is a more recent transformation actually. But yeah. that's why I love these sensitivities because they're always our guide to success and fulfillment. If we follow them and our essence just flows. Yeah, for me, it was like I was able to find clothes that fit me because I'm, yes. I'm like I'm I'm really small. So me too. I found um so one of the stores I shop at is ASOS. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. have like all their clothes. When I say all their clothes, they fit my size. Like everything. Mm -hmm. I didn't know men were this small. Oh my mm -hmm. god. For I sure. My own favorite store. I can buy whatever I want and look good. So I'm like showing off and shit. I'm like. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I do. I've done boudoir photos. I've posted like nearly nude photos of myself online. I never thought that I would do this. I have done that. I mean, ASOS, <laughs> I've definitely owned things from ASOS. I always say when it comes to body, like your body's right, just know the brands. When you yeah. have clothing that's made for a body like yours, it's shocking the difference that you feel. People don't, yeah, I'm try, I try to tell people, I'm like, it has nothing to do with like, with materialism or none of that. It's like, no, it's, it's something because it, it connects you to like, yo, like, oh my gosh, like, this is this is something finally matching me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Absolutely. It, fits, it fits me. And I don't have to like try to fit it. You and know what I'm trying That energy is what I want for everybody in their job, in their relationship, in their friendships, with their home, with whatever is it fits me. I'm right. I you, we don't start from the container anymore. We start from the essence. I know my essence. I'm right. Now, how do I build a container that fits me? And Everybody deserves, at the very least, with their body, because we unfortunately have a, body, a lot of body shame and body dysmorphia in our world today. Mm -hmm. But and there's a lot of toxic conditioning around that. But with every aspect, everybody deserves to feel that. Absolutely, absolutely. I love talking to you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, we can find you at mikeimle.com. Are you on social media? I am on social media, not great at it, but Instagram, come hang out with me. Uh, mikeimle is my handle, um, awesome. pretty easy. And if you want that webinar, you can find it on the main page, but mikeimle.com slash map for mapping those sensitivities. Um, that's, you can go direct to that page. We are looking forward to you having a podcast. I know you mentioned something. You I am, I am. So yeah, my COO and I, we've been talking about it for years, but I guess I get to talk about it right now. It's the first time I've talked about it. It's called Prima Materia, which is an al uh, a term in alchemy. That means yeah. essence, or you kind of get down to the root, the essence. And we're interested in taking on um, pretty diverse topics and talking about the essence of them. So we'll be talking mm. about, our first one is, it all starts with sex, and we're going to be having mm -hmm. a really frank conversation about sex, sexuality, identity, mm -hmm. and um, talking about essence there. We're going to be taking on topics, of, and, and of course, you know, we'll be talking about tra sexual trauma and all that, but we're going to take on mm -hmm. topics related to objectification, related to politics, related to, I mean, you name it. Okay. So, um, and we're going to get to the kind of energetic root of these topics. So we're cool. excited. Yes. Awesome. All right. So I have two more questions. Oh, shoot. Anything. Um, all right. So... I always, at the end of every episode, I always ask someone, um, I have a I have a playlist on Spotify. It's called the Painful Play 2020 Playlist. 
and everyone I have them pick a song that they like and oh, want to add to boy. it. Okay. So if you could have, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many, but if you could think of one. One what song. song. Okay, this is tough question. I actually, this is such a lame thing to say, but I'm not like <laughs> huge music person. But oh, you know what? Okay. I know, right? It's so lame of me. I just, I don't know what it is. But um, I, uh, my sister. So this is a little bit of a backstory. My sister is going through uh, cancer treatment right now. Actually, okay. she's only thirty, and she is going through radiation, and it's pretty rough for her. And so I just made her a Spotify playlist. Um, to help empower her and go through this experience. And so because of that, um, I'm going to choose a song from that playlist. And the one that's coming to mind for me is by Sia. And it's called um, Angel Wings, something, Wings of an Angel, something like that. Okay. okay and okay. it's really uh, beautiful and just keeps saying, like, you can do anything over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's a song that um, meant a lot. And I hopefully, I know my sister's been listening to it a lot. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm going to add that there to the playlist. Um, perfect. Now, my last question. This is something new I've been doing. All right. So um, at the end, and I just introduced this at the end of, of my last episode. So, you know, um, if, if you're familiar with my podcast, I talk about mm -hmm. the bonfire a lot. Mm -hmm. So I provided a bit more of a context to to the listeners about what the bonfire, the original, like the origin of the bonfire mm -hmm. Um, it's a Middle English term. It came from. It comes from the term bane fire, mm -hmm. and it's um it's the burning of bones, and it started with um, burning animal bones uh, mm -hmm. to create gelatin for like soups and things like mm -hmm. that, and it was also used for the burning of heretics, the burning of like um like the, the different different material that people will call um or unorthodox and all those mm -hmm. types of mm -hmm. things. So um, the, the context of the bonfire is, yes, it's a space of vulnerability, but it's also a space of sacrifice. I kind of wanted mm -hmm. to play around with that mm -hmm. whole theme, mm -hmm. like, you know, getting rid of the things. Usually, you know, a lot of people come around bonfires, and I know that for a, a majority of my listeners, they were in some way, shape, or form like a misfit or um, mm -hmm. someone who were just, they were kind of like othered in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Usually when... Like when we when we go to when we all come together, we usually connect with some form of like something that either happens, some form of trauma, something along those lines. And you know, some of us we we reconcile, we either we we come to terms with it or we kind of like, I wouldn't say get rid of it, but we manage, we manage and we explore it and we get through it. Um so that whole visual of like throwing our throwing our issues and in, 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 into the fire and purifying it and, and kind of like doing the whole phoenix rebirth thing mm -hmm. is the theme of the theme of the bonfire so that was a long explanation but <laughs> if you could if there was anything that you had in mind either then i wouldn't even say now but i'm just saying what at any point would you toss in that proverbial fire to sacrifice or to get rid of or to purify what would it be Great question. Um, uh, I think that today what feels alive and present for me is to um, really uh, sacrifice my fear of shining bright and either outshining people or um, hurting them in some way or triggering people and just recognizing that, you know, light is light and people mm. who recognize and see themselves in it will respond and people who don't. Um, even if they have critiques or, you know, throw things at me, it's not really about me. So, um, in, and I love that you say sacrifice because of course I am an etymology geek as well. I love, uh, look up the etymology <laughs> word and the word sacrifice we know literally means to make sacred. To make sacred, so to yep. Say, yep. Something that is maybe not yet sacred to make it sacred. So mm -hmm. um, I will, I will make that sacred today. Awesome. 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 Yeah. I, I said, I said, um, uh, when you say that about shining bright, I use the sun as an analogy and I say the sun gives no fucks like who it's shining. Mm -hmm. at. That's, so right. like, That's right. You don't really have a choice, but it's right. really tough, but I get it. You know, I get it. But yeah, it was great. I enjoy speaking with you. Yeah, thank you. This um, was such an honor. It was a lot of fun. Yes. So yeah, any like any other words you want to share with listeners or anything or? Yeah, I think my last words I always like to share are you never have to try to be yourself. If you're trying, it means you're being somebody else. And my greatest hope for the world, for everyone listening, is that 
you just get to be yourself. I mean, life isn't necessarily easy, but it can be uh, simpler. It can be more effortless. It can just be you being yourself. And sometimes that brings up challenges, but that's the joy of life. And so knowing our sensitivities, knowing who we are, we just get to be ourselves. And it is so much easier than trying to be someone else because we, we actually can't. If we're trying, it does mean we're being somebody else. That effortlessness is what we all deserve. Yes. All right. I am here for it. I agree 100%, a million percent. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. So we are going to close out. And yeah, again, Mike MikeIamelli.com. Social media is the same thing, Mike Iamelli, mm-hmm. just one full thing. Yep. Cool. All right. And we're going to check for your podcast. Oh, sounds good. Awesome. All righty.